0: Chapter 11, The Unwelcome Fellow Traveller. When Shasta went through the gate, he found a slope of grass and a little heather running up before him to some trees. He had nothing to think about now and no plans to make. He had only to run, and that was quite enough. His limbs were shaking, a terrible stitch was beginning in his side, and the sweat that kept dropping into his eyes blinded them and made them smart. He was unsteady on his feet, too. And more than once, he nearly turned his ankle
1: on a loose stone. I'm Katie, and this is Bethy. Welcome to For Narnia and For Aslan. Together, we're exploring the horse and his boy. And in chapter 11, Shasta runs, until he runs into King Loon and delivers his message at last. The party rides off to defend Anvard against Rabidash, but Shasta falls behind, and once Rabadash passes by, he finds himself alone on the mountain pass. Yet he is not alone. Aslan is there and speaks with him. Such a cool chapter. I feel like this is the climax. I think so too.
0: At least emotionally. Mm-hmm. Maybe not with all of the excitement, but it's the emotional climax.
1: This is my favorite Aslan encounter in all the books, I think. <gasps> no way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? I love how they talk about Everything that's happened so far and the way Shasta's understood it as I'm the unluckiest boy in the world. And Aslan tells him, no, actually, that was me taking care of you the whole time. It's about God being present and God's providence. It's very Presbyterian. (laughs) It is. And it just feels so real life. Like this is the sort of thing that could happen. You talk with God about everything in normal life that's been happening and see how it actually is part of him working.
0: Wow, it's so special. I love that this is your favorite. Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) Was there a moment that was particularly emotional for you in this chapter? Yeah. So the first time that I read through it, I was actually
0: in a public space Mm. and I really regretted it because I started to tear up a couple times and I didn't Mm. let myself like actually live into that. Uh Uh-huh. You wanted to, but you weren't (laughs) in
1: the spot for it.
0: Exactly. But there were two that stood out to me. One being when the king sees Shasta and holds out his arms to him and says, my son. And Shasta's like, no, no, I'm not Corin." And the king was staring at Shasta with an extraordinary expression on his face. And later on, it says again, he stared hard at Shasta again with that curious expression, almost a hungry expression in his steady gray eyes. Yes. He knows this could be it. This could be the moment. Oh. That's such a beautiful first meeting. It's really special. And then the moment that I really wanted to cry and didn't let myself was when Shasta said to Aslan, Who are you? Scarcely above a whisper. One who has waited long for you to speak, said the thing. I just feel like God often says that to me. (laughs) Oh. Like, I'm not very good at keeping a regular practice of prayer and as Aslan is walking next to Shasta and he sighs really deeply and then finally Shasta says something and Aslan says I've waited a long time for you to say something <laughs> that really hit home it felt like yep mm. I'm there pretty often <laughs> Then that's a very good encounter yeah it was special in that way mm. so yeah for me this chapter was kind of an emotional experience
1: what about for you? Definitely the second half of the chapter, very deep and special. But I also noticed on this reading how much fun the first part was. We get to run along with Shasta and he doesn't know how long he has to run. But actually, soon enough, he does run into King Loon and that party. And there's that beautiful moment when King Loon sees him. And I also just loved that they ask him, can you ride a horse? And he jumps up into the horse. And they're like, wow, he definitely can. Like, yes, he's got a so horseman's seat. He has maybe even noble blood. <laughs> like, yes, what a win <laughs> for Shasta after all this time. After all that time. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, he throughout the chapter, demonstrates he doesn't actually know how to control his horse. He only knows how to sit well. <laughs> but that was sweet. He's coming into his own, into the place that recognizes him for what he is.
0: yeah. He is. And I just felt really proud of him in that moment.
1: Yeah. It reminds me actually of the moment we talked about it in The Magician's Nephew when Aslan says, it is well thrown about the oh, apple yeah. that throws. And Joshua was like, wow, that's great. <laughs> like it's a nice <laughs> like moment for a boy. Like every
0: little boy wants to hear that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before we move on, I have a quick question and oh. I feel kind of embarrassed that I don't know this, but when Shasta gets to the party and he says, like, you need to fly, Rabidash is coming, 200 horse. Yeah. And then later on, Rabidash's army passes by and he's surprised by how big it is. Uh, and he has been thinking to himself, 200 horse. But then he actually
1: hears it and it's huge. Uh, Why doesn't it say 200 horses? Why does it say 200 horse? I think it's a way of talking about groups of livestock. Like you say, like 400 head of cattle. Or that's the only example I can think of, actually. (laughs) But I think it's like a way of counting animals that's kind of maybe a little older fashioned. Gotcha. Like if you said 200 horses, you'd be talking about the horses. But 200 horse is like a sum of horses. Okay. I think that's all based on like my own guesses from just hearing it sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's not actually like a dictionary definition. (laughs) Cool. Well, you knew more than I did. So thank you. Well, I at least felt more confident in my guess. <laughs> that comes of being an oldest child, by the way. I would say stuff all the time. I would just like tell my sisters, this is how it is. And I was just making it up, but it was like what I thought it was probably true. Mm-hmm. And now I notice my boyfriend doing the same thing. And I'm like, oh, you're doing that. Like, is this real? Or are you just inventing it right now? <laughs> So disclaimer, I might be inventing this right now. I'm not sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that about humans, that if you say anything with enough confidence, you're believed. Oh, yes, yes.
1: <laughs> Good question. Thanks. Well, do you want to dive a little deeper into Aslan's conversation with Shasta? Yes, please. It's the best part. It's so great. We're going to do Lectio Divina today, which, if you all remember, that just means divine reading, and it's a practice that can be done in a few different ways, but usually It means reading the passage three times and listening for something different each time. So we're going to read the first time just to hear what's happening. So Shasta has just been telling Aslan his story of all his miseries. I do not call you unfortunate, said the large voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions? said Shasta. There was only one lion, said the voice. What on earth do you mean? I've just told you there were at least two the first night, and... There was only one, but he was swift of foot. How do you know? I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued I was the lion who forced you to join with Erebus. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion you do not remember, who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. Then it was you who wounded Erebus? It was I. But what for? Child, said the voice. I am telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. Who are you? Asked Shasta. That is such
0: an epic section.
1: (laughs) Aslan telling Shasta his own story. Hmm. Anything that we should note here about just what's happening? It's very Footprints in the Sand-esque. Yeah. Looking backwards, seeing how God was there the whole time. Reinterpreting what we thought we understood. I think it's really cool that
0: Aslan explains every single part of Shasta's life that he brings up.
1: Mm, here's all the complaints you've raised, and here's my answer.
0: Nothing is unaccounted for.
1: Mm-hmm. And even there's extra thrown in that Shasta didn't think to ask. He was very swift of foot that first night. Yes. <laughs> I love that that's how it's described. So in our second reading, we'll listen for a word or a phrase that jumps out from the passage. I do not call you unfortunate, said the large voice. Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions? said Shasta. There was only one lion, said the voice. What on earth do you mean? I've just told you there were at least two the first night, and there was only one, but he was swift afoot. How do you know? I was the lion. And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, the voice continued. I was the lion who forced you to join with Erebus. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion, you do not remember, who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death, so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. Then it was you who wounded Erebus? It was I. But what for? Child, said the voice. I am telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. Who are you? asked Shasta.
0: Okay, this is weird. I don't know why this is the part that stood out to me. Huh. But the words, so that you could reach King Loon in time. Hmm,
1: that's interesting.
0: I know. I don't know why that would seem most important to me right
1: now, but there it is. There it is. For me, it was, I do not call you unfortunate. Hmm. It's interesting the variety of tactics that this lion uses strength of fear, comfort, scratching, Erebus, protection.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The third time we'll listen for an invitation. "'I do not call you unfortunate,' said the large voice. "'Don't you think it was bad luck to meet so many lions?' said Shasta. "'There was only one lion,' said the voice. "'What on earth do you mean? "'I've just told you there were at least two the first night, and—' "'There was only one, but he was swift of foot. "'How do you know?' "'I was the lion.' And as Shasta gaped with open mouth and said nothing, The voice continued, I was the lion who forced you to join with Erebus. I was the cat who comforted you among the houses of the dead. I was the lion who drove the jackals from you while you slept. I was the lion who gave the horses the new strength of fear for the last mile so that you should reach King Loon in time. And I was the lion you do not remember who pushed the boat in which you lay, a child near death so that it came to shore where a man sat, wakeful at midnight, to receive you. Then it was you who wounded Erebus? It was I. But what for? Child, said the voice. I am telling you your story, not hers. I tell no one any story but his own. Who are you? asked Shasta.
0: Okay, something cool came up. Really? Yeah. Okay, so the beginning of the book says that he's called Shasta. Uh. And then Aslan says, I do not call you unfortunate. Hmm. But what does Aslan call him? He calls him child, and he leads him to King Loon, who calls him Corin, and my son. Mm. There's just like a lot of connections there happening in my mind.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. Who is Shasta, according to Aslan? That's really cool. Yeah. Wow, I love that connection to the very first chapter, who was called Shasta, because you noticed it then, too. This might Mm -hmm. not be all of who he is. He's called Shasta, and he calls himself unfortunate. Yeah, but Asa doesn't.
0: Mm -hmm. So I guess my invitation is to ask, what do I call myself? And is that what I fully am? Mm
1: -hmm. That's the same sort of invitation I heard. The voice says, I tell no one any story but their own. And like you, I do not call you unfortunate. So asking Jesus to retell me my story. Hmm. And isn't that interesting that hearing his own story, Shasta says, who are you? That that's the burning question that comes out.
0: Yeah. And he asks it twice. Yeah. At the beginning and then again. So our scripture reading actually picks up exactly where you left off. Shasta says, who are you? Myself said the voice, very deep and low, so that the earth shook, and again, myself, loud and clear and gay, and then the third time, myself, whispered so softly you could hardly hear it, and yet it seemed to come from all around you, as if the leaves rustled with it. This had a very clear connection, for me, to God's I Am statements. So I'm going to read several to you, okay, because Aslan had several myself. <laughs> so here we go. Exodus 3:14. God said to Moses, "I am who I am." And he said, "Say this to the people of Israel: I am has sent me to you." John 14:6. Jesus said to them, "I am the way and the truth and the life." No one comes to the Father except through me. John 15:5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. John 11:25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. John 8.12 Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 6.35 Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 8.58 Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was... I am. And finally, Revelation 1-8. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come. The Almighty. Myself, myself, myself. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) It says when Shasta hears this, Shasta was no longer afraid that the voice belonged to something that would eat him, nor that it was the voice of a ghost, but a new and different sort of trembling came over him, yet he felt glad too. A holy fear, I think, is appropriate to these revelations.
0: Yeah, to these I am statements. Once again, we have a child being with Aslan, having a solemn
1: gladness. Was that Lucy before? Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that we get it with Diggory as well. In fact, maybe every book so far, this is a hallmark feature of meeting the great lion.
0: Yeah, we might be able to trace it in all of them. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to
1: see if we can. Do you think it rings true with these scripture verses too? Solemn gladness?
0: Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really fun that all of these John passages of the I Am Statements... Normally, if you heard someone say those things, it would sound like they're contradicting themselves. But with Jesus, it just sounds like he is getting more and more solid.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some big claims. And my favorite was, I guess, I don't know if it's one of the normal seven that's counted, but truly I say to you before Abraham was, I am. That one I forgot about. And that's when everybody tears their robes and says, blasphemy, blasphemy, right? Yeah, I love that moment. That's one of
0: my favorite Jesus moments. (laughs) Yeah,
1: because they all know what he means. He's claiming this identity with the God of Israel. And then Revelation 2, that's such a parallel with who God has always called himself.
0: I love that within these I am statements, my understanding of who God is, is forced to
1: expand.
0: I cannot read these and assume that I know exactly who God is, or every part of God.
1: Do you have an example one?
0: Just when Moses says, who are you? And he says, I am who I am. Mm. That to me is just so bold. Who else could possibly say that? Yeah. And be like, that's enough.
1: Like that explains it. (laughs) (laughs) But with gladness, as well as solemnness, solemnity, (laughs) all of these are for people too. I am has sent me to you, to Israel, or no one comes to the father except through me. But like through me. We abide in him we bear much fruit we will live even though we die we'll have the light of life we'll never thirst so when it says i'm the one who is and was and is to come the almighty that's solemn but but by now we know that that's good news for people too
0: that's very true yeah it can be intimidating but it's good
1: Maybe my favorite part in this chapter of Shasta and Aslan's interaction is on the next page. Suddenly the fog clears away and Shasta sees a lion and it says he hasn't heard any of the stories about him. But after one glance at the lion's face, he slipped out of the saddle and fell at its feet. And there's golden light everywhere and the lion is there and they're not speaking to each other, but they're together.
0: I love the humility in that moment. He knows that what he ought to do is be on the ground. And it even skips the thinking part. He looks and he's on the ground. (laughs) Mm, There's so much clarity there. Katie, how can we be applying this to our life? What workshop do you have for us?
1: Well, this week I've had a few phone calls with my sisters, with friends, hearing about people's lives. And... There's just some things that are harder than I wish they were in other folks' lives around me. My sister was just sharing with me about one of her friends who had an opportunity to fall through, and she just doesn't have a landing place, like a solid family to go back to or any job that's ever been quite right. There's people who care about her, but life is just harder than it should be running into other people in life, people who get a harder start and seems like they just are stuck in a cycle of, I experienced trauma and so life is just going to be harder the whole time, no matter how hard I work. Like, it just feels like that. I've just been kind of sad (laughs) hearing about these stories and not being able to see how they're going to turn out okay. There's a
0: heaviness to that, to carrying other people's stories.
1: Yeah. And I want to say, okay, let's just jump in and like go over the top and fix it. But that also feels like undoable and like to be the sort of support they would need would be this huge requirement, like huge task. I don't know. So far, I haven't felt like, yes, this is the call. But then what? Are we just leaving them to flounder there? And sometimes, of course, there's no sense of what actually would be needed. So that's kind of vague and partly because, you know, you can't just share everybody's names with their stories. But yeah, looking around and seeing life is really hard for some folks, even people that are really trying to do a good job at it.
0: Yeah, it's frustrating. It feels like there are some people who just have a harder time.
1: Yeah, they just like drew bad cards at the beginning of the game. Like Shasta. Yeah, like Shasta. I don't know. I don't feel like I could go to them and say, I do not call you unfortunate.
0: Right. (laughs) Here's how
1: all these things are working for good.
0: Yeah, that's not necessarily your position, but there is something that Aslan says that you can do. He says, tell me your sorrows. And then he listens. I think that's really powerful, to be given permission to tell and to be heard.
1: How do you think that applies, like, if there's someone else's sorrows? Like, praying for someone, you know, telling their sorrows? Hmm.
0: Well, in that case, I feel like the application within prayer is that they can see where God is present.
1: Yeah, that Aslan will come to them and say, I don't call you unfortunate, as he can. Right. But it's not easy. I wonder what Aslan's definition of unfortunate is. You know, like, by all <laughs> other accounts, Shasta totally is unfortunate. Maybe not for, like, the jackals and lions, although that seems like it too. But, like, his life he grew up in with Arshish, yeah, he got a bad hand. Yeah, he did. But to Aslan, it was all leading somewhere, and Aslan was working the whole time, and so it's not unfortunate. I
0: wonder if God would call anyone unfortunate in that case.
1: Uh Well, I guess, I mean, it makes me think of the Beatitudes like blessed are the poor, the meek. The ones he says woe about are the rich and the laughers and the ones who think they understand. I don't know. He defines it based on do they see me in their life or not?
0: Yeah. So maybe that's who is unfortunate. It's the people who are getting theirs now and who don't have God present at all.
1: Shasta really is operating thinking about lucky or unlucky fortunate or unfortunate and Aslan's showing nothing is about luck everything is governed everything is in my hands which is confusing how come you would wound Erebus how come things go badly but just looking at his own story and how Aslan's redeeming it it's enough
0: I wish I could bring more clarity to this for you
1: (laughs) well of course it's a big question too yeah I hadn't thought of that tell me your sorrows and what that might look like for someone else I think it's such a
0: good moment Mm.
1: yeah we haven't gotten a lot in shasta's head for a while i mean a little bit but this is a moment when we see how he's been processing this whole thing his whole life and as is the one who stands there to hear it Mm. i'm shocked at the quality of this writing it's so good
0: (laughs) isn't it incredible
1: (laughs) my goodness yeah just
0: on this page in front of me it says no one ever saw anything more terrible or beautiful Mm. Ugh. (laughs) lewis The high king above all kings stooped toward him. Its mane and some strange and solemn perfume that hung about the mane was all around him. It touched his forehead with its tongue. He lifted his face and their eyes met. Then instantly, the pale brightness of the mist and the fiery brightness of the lion rolled themselves together into a swirling glory and gathered themselves up and disappeared. He was alone with the horse on a grassy hillside under a blue sky, and there were birds singing.
1: Well, friends, the hour has struck. We'll see you next week with Chapter 12 of The Horse and His Boy.
0: I'm Bethy. Am I? Okay.